is the Listening Lawyers podcast presented by Solutions Law Firm. We believe that all people deserve equal access to our justice system, as well as zealous, compassionate advocacy from a knowledgeable attorney, regardless of the background or previous experiences of our clients. We focus on the integral well-being of the individual, family, and community as a whole by truly listening to each client and developing an individualized plan of advocacy specific to his or her situation and concerns. Through this process, we strive to strengthen our community and offer hope to people in trying situations. As Solutions Law Firm, we believe in compassion, collaboration, and equal access to exceptional legal services. Thank you for joining us today. I am your host, Trisha, and I am here with Don and Stella, and we are attorneys at Solutions Law Firm in Des Moines, Iowa. Today, we're going to talk about how we decided to become attorneys, as well as what makes us different from other attorneys. I'll start by saying that I have always loved languages. I started studying Italian, then Spanish, French, and Russian in school. And these languages introduced me to immigrants in my own community, which in turn opened the door to immigration. I knew I wanted to help people um, come to the United States to live, work, and study, so I decided to go to law school. When I was in law school, I took an immigration course and thoroughly enjoyed it. And I knew that I wanted to go into immigration when I graduated from law school. So that's what I did. I started working at Catholic Charities. I helped unaccompanied minors. And then I worked in private practice to help companies, uh, families, and individuals with their immigration concerns. Since then, I have now joined Solutions Law Firm. And I am not only doing immigration, but I'm also doing estates, which includes probate and wills and trusts. So now you know a little bit about me, I'm going to turn to Dawn and Stella and ask what made you go to law school and why did you decide to become an attorney? Do you want to go next, Stella, or do you want me to? Sure, sure. So Stella here. I'm very happy to be here with all of you. Um, I am an Iowa girl. I grew up on a farm in a very small town of North English and I uh, went to school over on the east side of Iowa at St. Ambrose University where I studied English and history. Um, it was during my junior year, I had a history professor. He's like, Stella, you should really consider law school. I'm like, why? Um, nowhere, nowhere on my radar. Like I cannot emphasize that enough. Was not anything I was thinking about. But this professor, he's like, we do all these debates in class and you, you always do really, really well. You should think about it. So I did, I thought about it. I even went so far as to take a couple of practice LSATs, but I never actually sat for the real test. And when push came to shove, I didn't go to law school. I decided to stay at Ambrose for my master's, which I don't regret. I, um, you know, my master's took me far. I had a whole career that I liked, but the entire time I was kept thinking like, I did want to go to law school, turns out. Like I liked the idea of going to law school, which by the way, says no one ever. Um, but I didn't want to be a lawyer, <laughs> which I can't even say that without laughing because who wants to go to law school, A? And why would you go if you don't want to be a lawyer? No one, <laughs> no one. But I didn't want to be a lawyer because I didn't, the, the shadowing that I had done was really with really great people and you know, when you need a lawyer, you want a really good one. And I, I appreciate that, but I didn't, and I don't like the framework of our legal system. I didn't think that my personality could fit into it. I, I didn't. And so 
I, I didn't go to law school, but I always, I don't know, I couldn't get rid of it. So um, right after I got married, I decided to take the LSAT to see what would happen. And if it went really well, maybe it was a sign. If it didn't go well, then it'd be like, all right, I made the right choice, no law school. Well, <laughs> um, it went okay. And I decided to apply. I went to law school at Drake University here in Des Moines. And you know what? I got in <laughs> and I went to law school and the entire time I'm like, I still don't want to be an attorney. What am I doing? <laughs> uh, Don and I went to school together. So I don't know if she ever really got in on any of that inner workings of my mind, but I just didn't love the, the framework. But what I wanted to do and what I do want to do is focus on people and help people. So post law school and out into practice, I'm working primarily family law and immigration. Um, I branched out in a few minor other areas, but those are my two, two big ones. And we're gonna talk about our framework a little bit later, but um, I'm loving it far more than I ever thought I would. And I'm thankful that I did end up deciding to go to law school because um, it's all about the people, it's all about the people. Very good. All right. That's me. Uh, I am Dawn, and I also had a really unconventional path to the law, similar to Stella's. I uh, never wanted to be an attorney, never had dreams of being a lawyer, practicing law, nothing like that. That was nowhere, anywhere on my radar ever. Um, and I developed a career within human services. I have both a master's and a master's degree in human services and management. Um, and with those degrees, I worked with immigrants in several different capacities through public school systems, um, through county government, through city council, where I held a term in a small town where I lived at the time. Um, as one of the few bilingual people in that town, I did a lot of interpreting for emergency services and mental health um, consultations and sessions uh, and law enforcement, all sorts of different things. And so I had a lot of opportunities to interact with people from different countries, from different cultural backgrounds, and really kind of start to view the world in a different way. I had lots of interaction with our immigration system through those different creative roles that I served with before. Um, and at one point, my husband kind of started hinting, hey, you know, you should think about law school. Uh, maybe you should be an immigration attorney. And I was like, huh, interesting idea. So I studied for the LSATs, took them, got a good score, but decided I would only apply to one law school because it wouldn't require my family to move. I could just commute to that law school a couple hours away each week, come home every weekend. My husband wouldn't have to quit his job. We wouldn't have to sell our house. Um, we've got a total of six kids together now. And at that time, I think we had four, if I remember the timing correctly. And so it was really a bigger deal for me to keep my family stable than to go to law school. And I was not accepted by that law school at that time. And so I was like, eh, not going to be a lawyer, never really wanted to anyway, but that was a fun, a fun little exercise in LSATs, which is never fun. So don't take that for face value. Um, <laughs> and then a few years later, and another kid later, my husband started again, you know, I'm really kind of, what about law school? Have you thought about that again? It just keeps coming to my mind. And he's wonderful because he never pushes me to do something that I don't want to do. But he also doesn't stop suggesting things that he thinks might be good for me to consider. Um, and I was pregnant with our fifth child at that time. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not doing anything other than what I'm doing right now. To be honest, I don't really want to. And so I didn't, I just kept putting it off and not even thinking about it and kind of pushing out the timeline. Like, eh, when our baby's born, then we can talk. 
and oh, when she's not brand newborn anymore, then we can talk. Um, finally, she was born. She was healthy. Everything was fine. And my husband was like, so are we doing this or what? And I said, well, sure. But once again, I was picky. I said, I'm not going to apply to the school that rejected me last time because I'm petty like that. Um, and I'm only going to apply to the one other law school that's in our state and then one that's in the state of Utah where I have family and it would be easy to relocate. And I said, but beyond that, I'm not applying anywhere else. So I waited until the very last possible moment to apply to those two schools. I got immediately waitlisted for the school in Utah and I got immediately accepted to Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, and when I say immediately, like I submitted my application on a Tuesday and Thursday morning, I had my acceptance and a scholarship and everything ready to go and two weeks until orientation. So my family found, our, we found ourselves in the position where we had to uproot our entire family with a three month old and move to a different city within two weeks so that I could start law school. Um, and that was crazy. And it was 100% my fault because I waited to the last possible moment thinking I was gaming the system, thinking I could make my husband happy by applying, but that I was too late to get accepted anywhere. So it would, it would buy me another year without making anybody mad. So backfired. <laughs> so I ended up at Drake um, with Stella as one of the oldest students in our class. Uh, it was kind of fun. We had kind of a little pod of non-traditional older students we that we would study with. And it was really, that was really great because I remember showing up at orientation and looking at all these young, fresh from undergrad students and thinking, what on earth am I doing here? Uh, this is not the place for me. And so having that kind of core group of other non-traditional students was really helpful for me. Went through law school, nothing amazing really happened other than I got surprised pregnant with kid number six. Halfway through, that was a blast. Um, <laughs> and crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and so graduated in 2017 with Stella, passed the bar, um, been practicing now for three years, primarily in immigration law in my previous position. And about two years ago, I opened up Solutions Law Firm, where we all three are now, um, with the idea of representing people in non-traditional ways and trying to provide creative representation in both family law and immigration law so that we can really provide access to the legal system to people who otherwise would have a very difficult time accessing that, whether it be to cultural differences, language issues, ability to pay, um, different types of needs that exist in different um, geographical er areas and different socioeconomic groups, just really kind of focusing on what makes legal services inaccessible to people and trying to come up with re um, really creative ways to address those issues. So that's kind of how I got to be where I am today. And here we all are. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so how does, so how would you say that your services differ from traditional services? So one of the ways we try really hard to be um, different in our approach to law is I think you could sum it up in uh, one word, accessibility, accessibility. Um, and one way that we've done that is we've unbundled our services and, you know, it's, um, this is a growing movement where we did not start it. We were trained by some very wonderful attorneys in Van Meter, Iowa. Um, but it's a growing movement. Our legal world is changing and I'm, I, I'm the type of person I want to pay homage to the traditions that we have and the, the systems that we have, but 
we work with people and uh, our industry works with people and we have got to evolve as people evolve and our world evolves. And so we're doing that by unbundling and it, think about it like a menu. That's what I always tell my clients, you know, depending on your issue and we'll use family law as an example, you know, nobody chooses that they, or I shouldn't say it like that. Nobody desires a, a divorce. It's something that usually people find themselves in that they never contemplated before. And that's okay. And people come to that point in all different areas of their life. Some people need 100% full representation. That's fine. We're here to do that. But other people, they don't need us to do everything. They just don't. They're more than capable. Um, there are actually a lot of wonderful resources uh, through the state of Iowa and the state judiciary to help people through this process. So if you don't need us to do everything, why should you have to pay for everything? Because let's face it, if, you're, if your only option is the traditional uh, law firm retainer, thousands of dollars, you, you, might not, um, you might stay in a situation that you don't wanna stay in. And we don't want that. So let's, let's we break, we've broken our services down in different um, components to, to match with the different parts of the process of, of a divorce in Iowa. And if you're comfortable doing something, do it. <laughs> well, we, I mean, we're happy to do it for you, but if you don't need us to, don't spend your money on us doing that. Save, use your money so that we're doing things that you aren't comfortable doing. If you don't want to figure out the filing system, we'll file everything. If you want to take a stab at drafting and just have us review, we can do that. Um, if you can do everything, but you don't understand service of process because you can't find the person you want to divorce, <laughs> we can help you. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's one of the beautiful things of unbundled services is that you can really work within a budget. Not that everyone who comes to us for unbundled representation needs a budget, because let's face it, even people with plenty of money in the bank don't want to pay someone to do something that they can easily do all on their own. Why, why do that? Um, but we do have people who walk in and they're like, I've got $500 and I need to get a divorce. And so we can look through the list of all the things that need to happen in the typical divorce, um, talk with the client about their specific um, facts, the things that make them the most nervous, the things they're most concerned about, the things that they feel confident in, and we can tailor a plan within their budget to help them with exactly what they need to feel comfortable moving through the process with nothing less and nothing more. And each one of the, each piece of the process, as Stella um, explained that we've broken down and unbundled in the divorce, has a flat fee attached to it. So each client knows going in exactly how much they'll be charged for exactly which portions of the process. And at any time that can change and it can fluctuate. If we get going and the client's like, oh, e-filing is really not that hard. I can totally do that, but I'm really tired of filling out forms. Can you do that for me? Absolutely, we can switch it up. Or this process is a lot more difficult. I thought my spouse was gonna be on board with everything. We talked, we agreed, and now they don't agree. I can't negotiate. Can you please handle a mediation session or can you please make a phone call to my soon-to-be ex and try to talk reason? Absolutely, we can add that service for a low flat fee that you are already aware of because you already got the list. <laughs> and so it's really, it's easy for people to be able to see it, to see a divorce not so much as this big, horrible, emotional conflict that they're going to have to survive but come out of bloody and scarred and much more as a manageable process with predictable steps 
um, and that they have assistance along the way in every area that matters most to them. Yeah, we're really focusing on meeting people where they are. This world is full of all kinds of people. We're all at different places. And while the end result might be, in this example, a divorce, how do we get you there does, is not the same as it is for the, your best friend or the person you heard about on the street or your friend at the work or, you know, like there are all these stories out there. There is no one size fits all. The process, the requirements are the same, but how we get you there, no, we're yeah. tailoring it to you. And, you know, that's really where kind of our tag phrase, the listening lawyers came from in every single consultation with every single client across every single area of law that we practice, we really listen. That's not just a tagline for us. It's really one of our overarching values and something that we've really ingrained into our practice. We sit down with each client. We listen to your story. We listen to your hopes and your fears. We discuss your goals. What are you hoping to accomplish at the end of all of this? What are you hoping to feel throughout the process? And we try really hard to focus on those individual needs and wants and circumstances when we're crafting that overarching plan, right? To stay within a budget and to meet these goals and to really listen to what each client is saying and help them get where they want to go. So how does unbundled, um, the idea of unbundled services, how does that work with immigration law? So immigration is a little bit harder than other areas of law, just due to the rules for practicing at USCIS, which is United States Citizenship and Immigration Services, and in front of the immigration court. So it is a little bit more difficult. However, we do try to be flexible and offer solutions for people who do not want to pay for a flat fee. That's all for now. Thank you both so much for joining me today. We are Solutions Law Firm of Des Moines, Iowa. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share it, rate it, and review it, as well as subscribe. You can find us at solutionslawiowa.com and on Facebook at The Listening Lawyers. We'll see you next week.